0: i certainly thankful for what God's done in my life. I was thinking, you know, as we were worshiping, I was, you know, thinking about, you know, those red letters. I thank God for those red letters, Jesus speaking into my life, what he's done in my life. In 2001, when Brother Steve preached a sermon, and I can't even tell you, honestly, brother, I don't even know what you preached. But I do know this, I was lost. And I do know this, I felt the love of God coming from the pulpit. I do know this, I needed a Father's touch. I do know this, I was a bitter, confused young man and hated this world and hated my family and hated just, just about anything. Didn't show it, but I had it deep down, man, a lot of resentment towards things. A lot of bitterness. But on November 11, 2001, on this side of the altar, this I, I can remember it, this side right over here, I knelt down and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And, and from that point on, it's, it's, there's been times where my flesh has done some stupid things that I've, I've allowed. Not anybody else on me, right? But thank God that I could have an advocate with the Father, right? I can go back to him and say, "God, that's not you. That's not right. Please help me. Please get my mindset corrected." And he and once again, he'd be right there, grace and mercy, right? No matter if you're no matter if you're 12 to 120 right you know God is there for you and he's going to have your back and he's going to be there with you through thick and thin through big and small things through no matter what because people may look at your problem and say oh that's not nothing but in that moment to you it's the biggest problem you could have it's a mountain right but God is right there saying if you come to me son if you come to me daughter I'll take care of the problem you don't have to fight this battle on your own see that's the good news we want to put things on our shoulders right we want to carry them all by ourselves and put up put ourselves on an island to And mad at everybody else because nobody's called and checked on me. You're quiet, but I'm just—I guess I'll be that one. I'm the only one that feels that way. I guess sometimes nobody from church cares. You got the little little devil angel right fight going on, and that Holy Ghost says no, that's not true. I do have a people that care, but most importantly, I care. Come unto me. Amen. I, I have my, my sermon tonight. It's called, It's All About Perspective. And I really I really feel this is of God. I, I truly do. And, I, and I, I'm going to try to bring it out the best way I can. I'm, I'm extremely nervous. So you guys pray for me. That I kind of settle nerves because I, I don't want to auctioneer this message through you. And I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be my thoughts or my opinions. I want it to be the Word of God because that's the most important thing because I know what can change people is the Word of God. I know what changed my life, Sister Harmony, is the Word of God. I know what the, you know, the, the things that I go through and the battles I go through. If I go to this and not Dr. Phil, I'll be okay eternally. I'm, I'm going to have every answer. Every answer you have is right here, found in the, or you need, is found here in the Word of God. How to dress, how to eat, sleep, walk, talk. All right, here, believe it or not, you can find it, and you got to put yourself in that position, though, and declare and discipline yourself to the Word of God. I wish I had taken in my when I was younger, when I was when I first got saved, Brother John. And I've been encouraging Noah because I really wish I'd delve deeper into the Word of God more than I did, didn't take it so lightly. Because now, when I pick it up and it speaks life, I just become so real and relevant. No matter if I've read it one time or a hundred times, brother Steve. No matter if I've read the same scripture over and over again, God will always show me something new and refreshing, and and, and, and help me in whatever season I'm in. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Book of Luke, chapter 13. Going to start at verse one. <clears throat> I have several. I'm going to read several verses here. Just please bear with me tonight. <clears throat> and Luke chapter 13 verse 1 says there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans who, who, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices or mixed with their sacrifices and Jesus answered and said to them do you suppose that these, Ga- these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things I tell you no but unless you repent you will all likewise perish Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He also spoke this parable. We're speaking of Jesus here. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said unto him, sir, it alone this year also, I'm sorry, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, then you can cut it down. In verse ten, says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to, called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd. There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for eighteen years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Then he said, What is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in the garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I in the kingdom of God? It is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened in this several verses that i just read there's a couple different perspectives that are going on you guys help me pray right now most gracious heavenly father god lord <clears throat> i love you and i praise you and i worship you god and i pray right now all nerves you set aside i pray right now all all, all other thoughts you set aside god that right now lord that you would just take over god this portion god you would Help me, God, to, to you know, uh, to bring forth this word and how you instilled in me, God. How you just dropped it in my spirit, to, you know, uh, uh, what is our perspective? What is my perspective on life? What is my perspective on my Christian faith? What is, is it, is it your perspective or is it mine? And I pray tonight, God, that you'll touch someone here, God. You'll, you'll encourage, you'll strengthen, God. You'll challenge, Lord. Challenge us in this word, God, that our perspective will become of yours and not of our own. that they'll come to know a God-like perspective. Tonight, God, will come to know Jesus Christ at an altar of forgiveness. God, tonight, their lives will be changed, God, forever. God, and, and, and those things that they've been bound up by, God, for so long. Tonight, God, they would break free, be set free only by your precious blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May be seated. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> One's perspective makes all the difference in the world. In these twenty-one verses I said you got two perspectives going going on. You got some positive and you have some negative. So what is a perspective? In this case, of what I'm referring to is a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. So like a point of view, right? So you got you know, we put things in perspective, we put things in proper order, we have an opinion on it, we look at it by a certain light, a certain way. We've all heard the phrase before, life is all about perspective. I've heard it several times. We well, Don't be negative. It's, man, it's perspective. This could be positive. This could be a positive light. But that statement is very true. Every morning when we get up, we can immediately complain about how lumpy our bed was, how terrible of sleep we got. Or we can say, thank you, God, for allowing me to have this bed and not sleep on the ground. It's all about perspective, right? Where am I at with it? Am I thankful for this bed that I've, been pr- that I've got? You know, because some people don't have those things. Some people sleep on the ground. In America, in this county, in Ohio County, People can't, some people can't afford beds. And we get up and we complain about our stiff back or stiff neck. Guilty. <laughs> right here. All about perspective. Right? And you start your day off complaining immediately. Oh, my goodness, it's bad. April, you think I'm preaching to you? Yep. yep. <laughs> it's all right? If, if that's how you start your morning, how do you think the rest of your day is probably going to be? You ever been like first thing in the morning, you're late for work? Anybody, any working people know what I'm talking about. And I'm the type of person I like to be on time. And and on time's not on time. <clears throat> on time's not on time. <laughs> early is on time to me. I get to work 30 minutes early, and if I'm not there 30 minutes early, I get antsy. If I don't get anywhere 30 minutes early, I get antsy. Don't I, April? Many disagreements in the Wilson household over that but I get real antsy and I get tore up and all of a sudden I'm just like oh we're not we're gonna be late people gonna think bad of me I can't you know I just get tore up anxious right I'm negative right off the bat and then you're anxious the rest of the day right you feel like you're in a rush the rest of the day you just can't get caught up you have that anxious feeling about you you're tense all day and so it's all about that perspective the son of a farmer looks at, a, at cow manure as something which he must endlessly shovel out of the barn and hate having to do it and see it in such a negative way. I don't think I'd like to shovel manure all day. I'm just, But a flower gardener looks at manure as free fertilizer. I mean, they get excited to get the stuff. Papo Fulton brought some dirt in from the farm for um, to work on our land. Karen says... That's got fertilizer. That's that good stuff in it. (laughs) You know, they shovel it around flower beds with excitement because they can see the end result already in their mind. Like they already know what's going to happen. Yeah, this may be a stinky, terrible process right now, but they're already excited. They're already feeling that excitement inside of them and and ready to go for what's fixing to happen, what's going to come forth, what's going to grow, right? All about perspective. One man can look at an old run-down house, and I thought about you guys, and be ready to completely tear it down, done with this thing, don't want to deal with it. While another man is already counting the extra money <laughs> he'll be getting when they when he fixes it up and either rents it out or flips it. Right? Perspective. Like I can't do that. I'll be honest, sisters. You know, if I look at an old house, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is gonna take thousands of dollars of work, and a lot of labor, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Just tear it down. Just go ahead and get rid of it. And how many people have we discarded? We've come across. They're, man, they're never going to make it. They're not going to do it. I don't see this person, this, this extreme meth addict who's, who's lost every one of their children, who's, who's just, you know, um, been after divorce, after divorce, after divorce, in relationship, after relationship, after relationship can't picture them saved and so we're guilty of that right but you know what Jesus does he said i died for that one he said you see a meth addict but I see I see a potential witness for me that could turn a generation upside down thank God that's what he's seen in me thank God that's what he's seen in brother Steve and brother Lee and brother Bobby and many throughout here right if I if I came into Oak Grove Church of God that morning, and I had people already snarling their nose at me. I don't think I would have came to this altar. But I had people that encouraged and strengthened. Jed, hey, you can sit here if you want to. You know, <laughs> you know, trying to make me feel involved because it's all about perspective. Where some people said, you know, it's just another teenage boy. People like Brother Lee and Brother Steve and Brother James when he was here, and Brother Bobby and Brother Mike. I can name on and on and on that instilled in a young man. Who didn't know anything about God, but instilled and helped and encouraged and strengthened, right? Because they seen it in a perspective of Jesus Christ and of God. They could have just seen it as a, a t- dumb questions from a teenage boy, but no. They took them serious, even if they were, looking back on them, sometimes silly. Like, am I supposed to pray over my food now, right? <laughs> Christians, we laugh at that. Well, of course you are, but I didn't know. I asked that question, I got a great answer. And so... All about perspective, brother Mike. If you'll throw up one of the pictures, I got to look in um, earlier today about perspective and pictures of perspective. You know, we all see things in different lights. We all see things in different ways. One person says there's four. One person says there's three. What do y'all see? Mike, some people see what, now nah, this is their term, not mine, an old maid or a young woman. Alright, Brother Mike. Here would we'll take some people's breaths away. <laughs> you got the one guy riding a bike on the ledge, the other one falling off the ledge, and all the girl's looking on like in disbelief. Brother Mike. Here, some people see a, a young, beautiful woman, other people see somebody playing a saxophone. We know this person's really not hanging off like that, right? But the image shows that. And see, when people are battling and going through things, and when people are struggling and people are hurting, that's not what they were meant for. And that's not what God intends for them to be. Obviously, these people really didn't intend to do that. The intended for the picture was deceiving. See, the enemy comes to deceive and take away and lot of us, and a lot of you, and get your perspective all out of order, and twist it completely up to a place where you hate yourself, to a place where you do feel all alone, but Jesus said, I came to die, and I came to rise ro- ro- again, that I may put that perspective in the correct order that it was meant to be from the very beginning, all the way back to Adam and Eve, for you to worship me and serve me. We make it so much harder than what it has to be. I've made it so much harder than what it has to be because I've gotten my mind set out of perspective and what God's will is for my life. It's all, guys, a mere matter of perspective. Our perspective is very much a reflection of who we are. As I said earlier, there's two perspectives going on. If you look back at our text tonight, one is of the Jewish leadership and many of their followers, and the other is of the perspective of God, as seen in the viewpoint of Jesus Christ. Look back at the parable of the fig tree. Immediately, the owner, immediately, the owner of the vineyard said, tear it down. I'm tired of dealing with this thing. For three years, it's produced nothing. For three years, it's given me nothing. Not giving me any fruit not helped out in any manner, produced not one thing. It takes up space. I mean, actually, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it's, he basically says, it, you're taking up space in my field where something else can be that will bear fruit, that will produce for me. And the, the other man there, and it doesn't go on to say in this parable what happens, but I just, I guess I'll know when I get to heaven for sure, but I just got to believe it did bear fruit eventually because the other man, He seemed a little bit more determined. He had a different perspective about it. He said, wait a minute, whoa, 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 don't cut it down just yet. Not yet. Give me one year. Give me one year of nourishing it, of fertilizing it, of taking care of it, of speaking life into it, and see what happens. Give me one year. If it bears fruit, well, that's great. If it doesn't, then we'll cut it down. Like I said, it doesn't say exactly, Brother Steve, if it did or didn't, but I just got to believe it did. (laughs) I just got to believe it did. Because, just like with anything in this life, you nourish it, right? You take care of it; it's going to produce, and that's what God has done for us. It, as soon as you give your heart to God, He's already nourishing. He's already He's just, He's breathed that spirit right into you, right? Speaking life, giving you hope, giving you peace, giving you joy, all that nourishment, right? And you're and before you, before you leave this altar, people see a countenance change come about you, right? No, I was sitting in the back when Noah le- you leaned over was talking back and forth to Noah, right? I, and that young man, there's been a countenance change since that day. I've seen him in a different way. I've seen him, I've seen him just a little bit happier, right? A little bit more carefree, right? You know, he he messages me quite a bit, and and I'm glad he does. But the thing is, is that you can see that since there's a freedom about him now, where there used to not be. I think there's a different perspective in his life. I think he's, I think he'll go through things as a teenager that we all need to be there for him, but. And, and help and nourish him, right? But I can just see a change about him. That smile you posted, Sister Mandy, that of, of him, right, you know, as he, after he got baptized, that smile, right? That's perspective, guys. That's a different perspective in a child's life, in a teenager's life, of when they are truly happy, right? They felt accomplishment. They felt something gone away and becoming new, amen? You have the woman with the spirit of infirmity. The woman's long-term suffering produced one response, and her healing evoked praise from her and delight from many. So for 18 years, this woman been over in an infirmity. 18 years. I can't imagine looking at my feet, walking down for 18 years, been over. 18 years. She could only, you know... Come here. He hollers at her, "Come here!" And you know, tell her she's loose from it, right? And she and she gets healed, and she immediately praises God. It's amazing, right? When something good happens to us, what we gonna do? We're gonna praise God for it, right? But then you got the religious folks. Well, you see what just happened? Did you just see what he just? Automatically cast them out and throw them to the side. Not to now, I do believe this. You got to know people by their fruits, right? You got to you got to see what they're go- what they're made of and what they're going to do. But right when they get up from the altar, that's not enough time. Right, right. That's not popular, and I'm good with it. I'll be up. Un- I've been unpopular for a long time, cowboy. I'll keep being unpopular. Right? But the thing is, it's it out. It hurt me. It got me. To Man's natural way of viewing things is never the same as God's. Isaiah fifty-five and six. Sorry. I thought about also. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to move on. But I thought also, even when Dad died, we passed away, we drove. Oh man, we were there for nine, ten days in hospice, away from church family. I mean, we had people calling. I talked to Brother Steve a couple different times. Um people texting but uh he passed away friday the 29th by saturday night me and april were driving home drove all night saturday night all night to get home we got home about five o'clock in the morning i set my alarm to go to church because i knew that's where i needed to be to, to get back the right perspective i know that sounds silly but i needed my i needed the church in that in that time now, God could have touched me at the house. I'm not saying I couldn't get been in the right mindset at the house. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I wanted to be here. And so uh, <laughs> I, I woke up a little bit late, um, slept a little bit longer than what I planned to, and I was actually uh, <coughs> breaking the law to get to church, uh, speeding, and a cop pulls me over. And guys, I had a couple blankets and a couple pillows in the back, and where uh, April had been snoozing some. And um, I didn't have my wallet, my proof of insurance. I uh, didn't have my cell phone, so I can pull up my proof of insurance. I had none of that stuff. So when I pulled over, I, I seen I seen him hit the lights, brother Bobby. I just pulled right over. And so as uh, soon he comes in behind me, of course I'm thinking, oh my gosh, please don't let anybody else be running late to church and see this, you know, like that whole moment. And so when he when he walks up, I explain to him, I'm like. I just, cut it, I just immediately say, it. I know I was speeding. I understand that. I said, uh, I said I'll said i just tell you, I don't have my license. I don't have of insurance. I'm looking real good right now. And uh, and I said, we just traveled back from uh, Maryland. And, you know, I, I kind of explained to him the situation, and I said, I'm heading to church. And he said, uh, he took it all in for a minute. He went ahead and ran my tags, but when he come back, he said, uh, Mr. Wilson, tell you what, just slow down. Gone to church. He said, That's actually where I'm heading to. And he said, You know, uh, have a great Sunday. And so when I came here, and even though I was rattled and everywhere else, when I came here, I was able to get my perspective. Because I'm telling you, man, I, that was a hard time too. But God, you know, I sat back there and I had, I really didn't want nobody coming to me, but I had people still, still coming back to me and encouraged me and strengthened me. But most importantly, it was the peace of God during the worship. And during the preaching, that just kind of settled back in for me. That kind of set me back, my mindset back to to where it needed to be. Amen. But Isaiah 55 and verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. God sees it all, guys. He knows your beginning to the end. So why should we come at life in our walk with God or, or, or others' walk with God in such a negative way, in such a negative perspective? Christian, I can say this confidently tonight. As sure as we're, we're in this church house, I can say this with all confidence. That if you're where you're supposed to be with God, your perspective will be that of a positive, encouraging one. Not saying hardships go away, but brother or uh, sister Jennifer, that shirt um, said you were on the ladies' retreat and it said choose happy or ladies' retreat. It says choose happy. I like that because that actually fits you. Because I can hear you saying it. I can hear you because I was reading and I heard your voice. Choose happy. But in choosing happiness, where does that come from? True happiness—not a happiness that's only going to last about thirty minutes, or a day, or even a week—but a happiness that's going to carry you through tough times, such as losing a spouse, or losing a kid, or losing a parent, or losing—or or just you in general going through a very difficult time, right? Is Jesus Christ? He's going to be the one to filter happiness and peace and joy and hope, and not just a little bit, guys. He said he's going to give all that. He's going to give it to us in abundance, right? He's going to take care of us and walk with us and strengthen us, even when Brother J- Susie or or Johnny—not Susie, but not Brother Johnny—you know how we say those things, <laughs> Brother Johnny and Sister Susie—they're not going to always be there for you. Preachers mess up too, y'all. They're not always going to be there for you. But when you're alone by yourself on that island and you lift up your head before God and you say, God, please strengthen me. Please help me. When you're on that back road, Brother Bobby, late at night, nobody else is around, who was your source of strength? Right? Not not you. God Almighty Himself dropped down and said, I see you right where you're at, down there in Cromwell, Kentucky. I'm going to touch you, old boy, and give you strength and give you give you peace. You'll keep going. You'll keep striving because people around you are affected by what you put off and what perspective you have in your life. People feed off of you. And if they're feeding negative, if they're feeding nothing but negative energy, first off, they're not going to be around you very long. And also, they can't can't see Jesus through you. So if you're a Christian and you feed off a negative perspective constantly, I just don't know that you'll be a Christian very long. Until you get it back right with God and say, God, you've got to help my mind. You've got to help my struggle. You've got to give me peace. You've got to give me joy because my parents who, or my mom who, who isn't saved, she needs to see Jesus Christ. She needs to see peace and hope and joy and happiness, not turmoil and strife and grumpiness and you know negative thoughts all the, or negative energy all the time. Right? It's all about that perspective, and the only correct perspective will come through Jesus Christ. Even when all else is coming against you, your friends have turned away, your family has thrown in the towel. God says, "I see that broken vessel. I see what others are calling trash. I see what others." say that looks like death but I've come to restore life I've come to fix the mess and I've fixed the brokenness and make it look like there was never death in the atmosphere that's one thing that's so awesome about God he can take a complete mess a complete disaster and a complete destructive you know look like I said look like death and give give life to those dead bones and give life and energy to the point where people don't even know you were ever addicted to drugs or people don't even know that you're ever addicted to porn or people don't know you're ever addicted to alcohol or people don't know that you ever maybe even went through a situation where you did lose your lose your kids for a little bit and got them back. You know, people don't realize that Jesus Christ can totally transform you into something brand new and something amazing and something wonderful for his glory, for his edification, right? Not that man would be bragged upon, not that you'd get a, get a pat on the back, but, you know, for his glory and for his honor and for his praise. Because at the end of the day, guys, there's only going to be one person that's going to get all the glory and honor and praise, and that's going to be Jesus Christ, right? But he wants to use you. He wants to use you to right now, today, to, to show his love and, his, and his, his compassion and his mercy and his grace. But if you have a bad perspective on your life, in your life, and constantly looking at things in the worst possible way, that he can't shine through that. He can't work through that. Amen. How many of us has he raised up to be sons and daughters of the Almighty? My goodness, he took you from the miry clay. He took you from the pits of death. And he restored and gave you life and gave you hope and placed something in you that no man can take away. When you start feeling discouraged and you start feeling negative, run to the word of God. Run to God in prayer. Because those are when he's going to say, All right, yeah, you've been negative for long enough. Let me give you something positive. Let me give you something good. Because when you run to the word of God, this is the kind of stuff you're going to find. Psalm 73 and 26 says, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. No matter what we lose, no matter how we feel, or what is going on in our lives, God is with us. He is the strength of our hearts, church. You feeling downtrodden, you feeling like all hope is lost, he says, I am the strength, I'm the one that provides that for your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That kind of puts it more perspective when he says, Don't set your treasures here upon earth, where both moth and rust doeth corrupt, right? But set them up in heaven. Because here's the thing, guys, when you set your treasures up in heaven, when you set those things up, right, you're gonna that's what you're gonna be looking at. You'll be looking to heavenly things, looking to the promises of God, right? Where he says, I'm the strength to your heart, right? And you're not if you look if you set all your hope and all your peace and all your joy in a man or a pastor or solely a preacher, I'm telling you right now, you will be let down. You will be discouraged at times. Some of you guys know, I'm going to throw a name out there, Jimmy Swagger How many people were let down by that man? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I have heard people say they got out of church and quit serving God because of a man they seen on the TV. Because they weren't in the right perspective. In my opinion, because when you're in the right perspective, seeking after the one again, guys, I'm not saying you can't glean from pastors and preachers and ministers and teachers, all those God has set in order and in place. But if you look to them over God, you will be let down. And if you look to things in this life over God, you're going to be let down. If you look to a, a husband or a wife or or a kid or a support system and set them above things, I'm telling you, you will be let down. But if you put the perspective of Jesus or God in order, that's God first. Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and what all things are going to be added." So you're going to be taken care of, guys. It's going to be okay. He's going to provide for you. But it says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." Amen. Can't look at things that are temporary. We got to be looking into things that are eternal, because I don't know about you, but I want to go. I want to go to heaven. He said I got a mansion, and I want to see it, brother Steve. I want to walk on those streets. I want to go through the pearly. I want all that stuff, and to see it. Most importantly, I want to see the man who died upon an old cross. For me, that he didn't have to. And he gave his life that he could fix a heart condition in this old boy and set my life on a course of being blessed instead of setting my life on a course of nothing but anger and alcohol and divorce and bitterness and depression and so on and so on. Guys, our troubles won't last very long, but yet they produce for us an incredible, long-lasting glory. We don't have to fix our eyes on our current troubles. Instead, we can focus on all that is coming, all that God has ahead for us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Drew, can I have you come to the Christian or lost person, please take this message to heart tonight. I did. Whenever God started dealing with me about my perspective and where my mind was at, and if it if I were if I were looking at people the way I should, as far as in a Christian manner, as far as a place of hope, in a place of peace, and a place where I know God can transform them. I tell you, God really started I I God really started convicting my heart over it. Because my perspective's not always been the greatest. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. Many times we want to uh people that we are like minded with. We're we're eat, we're great, you know, we're right on top to support them, man. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. The popular, the popular crowd, uh, and I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Y'all know you guys, you've been in church long enough, you know what I'm talking about. But what about the one that has a really bad history? Everybody knows it. How quick are we to run to them? Some of us are. Don't get me wrong. Please don't misconstrue. Brian Wilson's not always been the best at it. I I don't like that person anyway. I don't like their attitude. Jesus didn't like my attitude right then, I'll just tell you. God didn't care much for my attitude in that moment. And I felt that way. Let's be real. I'm glad Jesus didn't, when I was a little punk teenager, sitting about four rows back, determined not to listen to a sermon, and determined that my mom can't get me to come pray. I don't care what you do. I don't believe like you folk do. I ain't gonna get up there and pray. I don't know about this speaking in tongues and shouting and lifting hands stuff. Why can't we just go in, listen, listen to a couple hymns, have a three-point sermon. We know it says on the bulletin what time we get out of church and go on, go and eat somewhere. And that was my attitude towards God. But I didn't know the love of God. And I didn't know the peace he could give me. And I didn't know the joy he could bring in my life and the transformation. So how am I going to be at times like the religious folk and say, really, you're going to do that today? You're not supposed to work on this day. And this woman over here shouting. She got, she got transformed, changed. she will stand with me. I know, guys, I, I hope I brought this out in a way that does it justice I, in the way God wanted me to. Um, I, I say things I may come off, you know, sometimes as, uh, as people say I have a tendency to come off as kind of, you know, a little arrogant about things. and It's never that. It's just kind of my mannerisms. But I never intend to ever come off that way. The point is, is I know I can be better. And I'll just be honest guys i it, I don't think it's just me that God was dealing with this. You know you want to see things happen in your marriage in your home in your life or at work, in your family, and you're not seeing anything happen and you're frustrated. can let's really be honest with yourself. Have you done anything to really change the atmosphere? Have you really done anything to help? Have you really done anything to change the perspective going on in that home? I've said this, I've used this before, but me and April, we we hadn't been married very long, and we were arguing one one week. There seemed like just nonstop, just arguing, 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 Whew, arguing. That's a, That's the Fulton. Then you're right. No. I'm and uh. Love you, Aunt Reba. And, uh, but I come home one evening and, uh, she had it all set up and, the, you know, the lights were were down and she had a few candles lit. And I wasn't thinking what was about to happen. But, uh, you know, she, we, we talked for a few minutes there and she said, sit down. And so she brings out a, like a, a bowl of water and, uh, you remember this? And she washes my feet. I didn't deserve it. I'd been mean to her for a few days. My perspective changed, though. You know, attitude changes. Because that servant's heart that she has and had that day. Um, I tell you this I didn't mean mean to her at that moment, <laughs> I was convicted. And said, Lord, please help me have the perspective of a Christian husband. That I should. Right? I'm not always um, exceeded or succeeded in that area. Or excelled. Um, But I tell you this, guys. With Christ. With Christ at the helm. With us seeking the kingdom of God first. God has blessed us with a great marriage. And it doesn't matter, guys, the turmoil in your life. It doesn't matter that both partners are saved. I mean, it does, but what I'm getting at here is that you can change the atmosphere in that home by your prayers to God. We know God does it, but my guys, again, you know, I think you know where I'm going. God does the work, but with your perspective and your compassion and love because of Jesus and you going to Jesus and you feeding off of Him and Let me tell you, he can shower that home with love and peace. Even with somebody that's hard-headed, even with somebody that may bring drama or turmoil, God can through you. What the Philippian jailer, what did they tell him when the the ground shook and the prison flew open? He was going to kill himself, right? They said, no, 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 no. Don't kill yourself. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your whole house shall be saved, and that's what happened. It doesn't say how long it took to happen, like that, Brother Bobby. Exactly, you know. We we read it, so we read it in the next verse. It must have happened thirty minutes, but it may not have for that man. We don't know. But here's the good news, guys. It can happen, but you've got to be that avenue for God. You've got to be the one to keep in the right perspective in yourself, even when it's hard. Keep running to God. Keep going to God and saying, God, you said you'd be the strength of my heart. God, you said you weren't going to fail me. God, you said you're my strong tower. You said the righteous can run into it, and we are safe. Amen. So tonight, I don't know. I, I don't know everybody's heart in the house. I don't. I do know this is what God wants me to preach. And I and I'll stick to that for as long as I live. It's one of those sermons I know that I know, guys. You don't have to live in a negative turmoil. Where's your perspective? God can change it tonight. God can set you on a course that's going to make you shout and sing and praise God and turn your family around, community. It just depends on you. If you bow your heads tonight.